Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to One Media, One Media, where we take two pieces of media and we talk all goth about it. Because it's goth month once again. And today we are going to talk about Death Note, which is a pretty dark, suspenseful anime. It was written by Sugumi Oba and it was illustrated by Takeshi Obata. And it was actually on Shonen Jump Weekly and was released in December 1st, 2003, and it went till May 15th of 2006, and they ended up making 12 volumes of it. And there's so much stuff that they did after the manga. There's a novel, which was released in 2006, and then the anime series, which we're going to talk about. It was released in October of 2006, and it went till June 26th of 2007, and there's 37 episodes... It was directed by Tessiro Akari. He's done a bunch of different animes, kind of dark anime too. So there was video games. There's a live action series. There was even a couple more anime films after too. And I don't know what it's based off of because it kind of just ends on after the 37th episode. There's another novel and the live action there's like six of them. And then the latest one was the one on Netflix. And it's awful. I hated it. The movie and the animation movie? No, it's a live action. Live action. Yeah. Oh, so it's a live action movie. It's so bad. It is so, is it's it? a big steaming pile of poo. And it does not deserve it. I think the makeup. Is the makeup really good? Cause I, the makeup. Of like the demon. Uh, the Shimigami? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that looked really cool. But okay. it just... That's the best part. <laughs> they messed with the plot, and it just oh. wasn't as good. Elle was in it, but we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you want to get into the plot or what? Yes. Okay, so the plot is this boy named Light Yagami finds this notebook that says Death Note, and it has specific roles in it. And one of them is, is that if you write the person's name with their face in mind, then they'll die within 40 seconds of a heart attack. If you write how they die, you have six minutes and 40 seconds to complete it. And so Light gets a little bit crazy and he wants to start this new world without any crime or any bad people at all. Because during the time in Japan, he's witnessing all this crime happening around him nonstop. There's nothing really that he could do about it at all. So he wants to create the new world. And everybody notices that there's this pattern of, of bad people in prisons just dying of heart attacks and they end up calling him Kira. Oh yeah, I forgot also. When he first touches the notebook, he sees this Shimigami, which is a god of death. The plot alone is pretty darn goth, but the Shimigami is just like this big gothy death angel kind of a thing. And he doesn't really ever answer his questions too seriously. But Light is like the first in his class. He is pretty much a genius. I mean, let's face it. I mean, he's been, he plays everybody. He manipulates 
everything that he wants to do to get his way. And it turns into a murder mystery with him and this lead detective named L. L is pretty much like Light. They kind of think the same. They're very competitive. Light does not like to lose, and so does L. And L figured out all these really hard cases that no one else could. Him trying to find out who Kara is is like his kind of his um, magnum opus per se. And you have to figure out if he does actually capture Kara or not. I'm not going to ruin that for you because there's all these plot twists. And I'd say that this series is three parts. It gets a little bit slow at episode 17 to 24, and then it picks up again for a specific reason that I don't want to ruin. It's pretty good. I really liked this. I did not watch all 37 episodes. It's very suspenseful. And so I was done with that. Like I binge watched like a bunch of episodes because I needed to know what happened. I was like, oh my God, what's next? What's next? What's next? And then I was it's too much. I can't (laughs) deal with this anymore. Because you're following around the bad guy. (laughs) Well, yeah. And he's out of control. So you're just, what is wrong with you? He's like, I'm going to create a just world. But the minute the police get involved, all of a sudden they're on his bad side and you don't want to be on Light's bad side. Right. He's like a, can't diagnose him, but you know, like a sociopath or something. So oh, yeah, he's a total sociopath. Right. He's a and so killer. my favorite character and it's like, don't hold too tight to anybody because it's, you know, <laughs> like you just don't. Oh, one key point too is his father's a cop, right? Like a yeah, detective or something. Of the police department. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, oh, Jesus. And. <laughs> But the best character is that Shima got me. Oh, yeah. You like Ryuk? I love him. He's so funny. He's just here to observe. So he just laughs. Like he thinks, he always goes, humans are so interesting. He doesn't try to help Light, but he doesn't try to hurt Light either. You know, like with like the rules of the Death Note of what happens when you use it, what it kind of unfolds, like some more rules will keep unfolding through the, at least the first part. That I noticed because it's not the first episode you figure everything out. So, how far did you get? What episode are you on? I don't know. Um, are you halfway through at least? I had to watch at least a dozen. Okay. I feel like I watched at least. It's good. Actually, I ruined it for myself. I was like, I need to know what happened. So, I actually read up on what <laughs> happened. And I did read that. Was it extended? Like it was so popular that they extended it and that's why it gets a little slow because they kind of had to continue it. Okay, so let's get into that part. (laughs) Yeah, so I was curious about that. So the author wanted to keep on going, but it ended the way he wanted it to be. He just wanted to be all in one and just for it to last forever. But because of the format that it was in, he had to end it and conclude it the way it was because it was a weekly thing. The funny thing is, Shonen Jump is known for all its action, Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that, which was on. So he didn't want to make a fighting manga, so he chose to do a suspense-style manga. So he was pretty pleased the way it ended, but I think he needed to conclude it somehow. There was going to be another ending. I don't know if you looked that up. He chose the Yellow Box Warehouse ending instead. And it's worth it. I actually... Can I skip ahead and just watch the last three or something? Uh, You could, but there's going to be new characters in there. Oh. 
Yeah, I did read that. I was like, okay, so it keeps going. I yeah. just, yeah, I was just like, it's I can't good, do this though. anymore. It's totally, it's totally worth it because of the resolution. But you have to figure out a flight. Does create this new world and manipulate his way into the world dominator? Or does he finally get captured? And that's what's so good about it. It is. And it is goth on a lot of levels. Oh, yeah. What is his name? Ryuk? Ryuk. He's so cute. He's all in black. He's got like, (laughs) you know, his dangly earring. Yeah, right. He's all pasty. Yeah, he's great. L has kind of a goth vibe. Yeah, yeah. He has like bluish black hair. Doesn't look like he gets a lot of sunlight. (laughs) Exactly. So I was like, this really works. The idea, it's called Death Note. That felt goth. (laughs) Yeah, this definitely is a very, very goth anime. I think mm-hmm. it was, what, number two on that list we found or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's been, actually, it's been harder trying to find goth animes. I went through, like, three or four, and it's like, no. Nope. Well, because there's a big distinction between, we were talking about this, goth and, like, horror. Like, it's not necessarily horror. Like, yes, there's overlap there, but goth isn't just, is also about art and poetry and romance. Yeah, romance. There's got to be a little bit of cheesiness in it too, because it's from the 80s. Yeah. So this fits more in the suspense. Not so much horror, but like that suspensefulness and then the idea of death and the way the god of death lives, like their realm. Oh god, that's so funny. That is hilarious. And the art is really good. Yeah. You get to see another Shimigami, at least two. And one of them is just like, I want my book back. Give me my book. Because I guess Ryuk took it. So I didn't understand. Do they get lots of books or one book? They only book? get one. And so he just decided for fun to throw it into Earth to see what happens? Yeah, because he was bored in his realm. <laughs> that was like the whole entire premise so of it. Yeah, dude. And so I guess he took this other one's book. And later on in the series, he goes back and tries to get it from Ryuk. <laughs> it's really fun. They have their own reasons, right? Yeah. But Light, just the way he just plays with everybody's minds and hearts, it's just so he's evil. Awful. He's like yeah, a, awful. He's a serial killer. He's oh, like yeah. awful. He has like no remorse. Right. And he just thinks he's just doing it to create this better world because he's chosen to do it. I feel like he started that way and then he became more about self-preservation and he doesn't realize that. I mean, if you're into suspense movies, this might be really good for you actually because it's just so intense. This is like probably the third or fourth time I've seen it. So the middle part that I was talking about might not drag for most people, but for me, it kind of did because I forgot about it. I was like, oh, (laughs) this does kind of (laughs) drag. So for maybe people who've seen it for the very first time, yeah, it won't drag that bad. What did your boyfriend think of this oh loved it he loved it (laughs) he knew about it because of the live action movie makeups because he makes masks and he follows mask makers and makeup artists and he's like oh i saw this everywhere for a while because they were all obsessed with the makeup for that's why i asked like when you said oh the live action was terrible i was like oh but the makeup i think is really good um well it might be just me because i hated it but my friend He's also a hardcore anime guy, and he thought it was okay. He didn't think it was bad. But then we rewatched Death Note. Like it was like two years ago or three years ago when it first came out. And I think he ended up agreeing with the kind of that the anime was way better. 
I just don't know if I can do a live action because it's people. And like, there's something about the world that's created in an anime that I feel like will just get silly uh, yeah, if it's live action. There, there's always a little bit of camp, but my sister watched all of it. Like, there's what, one, two, three, there's at least six. She loves it. She actually told me it was her favorite series and I was like no 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 it's not the best series that only goes to Cowboy Bebop and she's like okay yes you're right Cowboy Bebop is definitely the best but <laughs> I was thinking about that I was like this is really good because I kept wanting to watch more I would recommend you watching through it I binge watched the thing because I was like I have to finish I finished it last night at 2 30 in the morning I only can hit till about 11 and then I'm yeah out. I would highly recommend <laughs> you finishing it because you got to get that conclusion at the end of what happens. And it's so fulfilling. Okay. I will do it. I'm not going to ruin the ending because I think you'll get why. I'm just like, dude, you got to yeah. complete it. It's true. Cause it is built on suspense and it's it sucks when you already know it. For happen. me, my favorite character is L. I love L because he's just always kind of playing with light, just playing with his emotions in a way. And like lights is like, oh, you already figured that out. Uh, that annoying guy. Yeah. No, it's true because L is older. A little bit older. Light, yeah. And very smart. And has been doing this for a while. So sometimes you think, oh, they're not going to figure this out. But L setting something up to how he deduces things and solves crimes is really interesting. And he's pretty on it most of the time. He's like, this doesn't make sense. None of this makes mm-hmm. sense right now. Yeah. Just power through those 10 episodes where I think it's kind of weak. And then it's, you'll see when it is. And you'll probably feel the pain. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe you won't. Maybe you'll just be like, okay, this is kind of a nice change for now. And then change of pace. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's a break. Anyway, Live. check it out. Check it out. If for you're sure. into suspense, and we're going to. Oh, yeah. I wanted to retcon something with Holic because I said it was 37 episodes, but it's 24 episodes for one season. And then it goes on to Holic Kai or Key. And that is another 13 episodes or something. And it's really good. I actually had to go to some hack site to watch it. But it was totally worth it. So it's like they had one set, yeah. like one season, and then the next season, is it the same thing or is it a little bit different? It's pretty much the same. And So, okay. It's not a different show. It's so good because he does kind of, well, he doesn't really grow really, but still. I mean, he changes and it seems like he should go for this other girl, but he never does. I guess there's three OVAs. I'm going to have to watch it. And... Watani, his voice is even more annoying in Japanese. It took <gasps> me like three episodes just to get used to it. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, if you think it was pretty annoying and the other one, oh, he yells like a lot more and the timbre of his voice, it gets me. Yeah, it's too loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. too it's, loud. It's, it's louder in no, the Japanese version. But it's so worth it because... For me, that series is pretty goth, too. But Mm -hmm. it always talks about what this existential life could be. That's very goth. That hits the goth philosophy, mysticism, witchiness. Exactly. So if you guys want to see Holic Key, you have to figure it out. 
because there's no way to stream it. And it took me forever just to find it, unfortunately. And there was tons of pop-ups, but it was worth it in the long run. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. These short teasers are excerpts from comedian Aiden Park's book, The Art of Being Yay. Think self-empowerment with a comedic twist. These are tough times we're all going through. Who couldn't use a little mental health wellness and laughter? For more of The Art of Being Yay, visit AidenPark.com. That's A-I-D-A-N-P-A-R-K.com. Sponsored by The Laugh Cellar and Storygram Podcast Network. Actually, a sort of acceptance of the world as it is. If you would just accept the world as it is, then you can find creative ways to get your needs met because that's what negative emotion means. Like, for example, if your sister is being obnoxious, you know, and you're like, I wish she would shut the hell up. (laughs) What you're really going for is you want some peace and quiet. So you might want some peace and quiet And you think the peace and quiet will come from your sister shutting the hell up. But the reality is you can't control your sister. But you can control your way of getting peace and quiet. You could walk out of the room. You could hang up the phone. You could leave. Or you could go into a meditative state. She could yak at you and you could go, "Uh uh-huh, 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 whatever. There are ways, creative ways, for you to get your need of peace and quiet met without having your sister needing to change. You see what I'm saying? It gets you thinking creatively. So when you're experiencing a negative emotion, it is a sign that you want something that you don't think you can get right now. And it's time for you to think creatively, okay? Because you can't control that, but you can control this. And we are back and we're going to talk about The Cures, Pornography, which was released in 1982 of May 4th. It was recorded from January to April of 1982. It's only 43 minutes, and I think it's, what, eight songs. Okay, so before this, it was Faith, but they released a single called Starlet Sometimes, which is one of the Cure's kind of cult songs. And so it was kind of showing or leading to what pornography was going to be. It was produced by Phil Thornalley. So he didn't produce the other two previous albums, 17 Seconds and Faith. It was the only album he's ever produced. He mixes quite a few songs, but this is probably the only thing that he's done himself. This album... So Robert Smith said he wanted to make the ultimate album. He had two choices. He was either going to complete this album or commit suicide. And after this album, the bassist left The Cure for a few years, Simon Gallup, which he's like one of my favorite bass players in the whole entire world because he just couldn't handle being in the band because right before this, they did a 200-day tour within a year. So they were just touring nonstop and they were just like depressed and I guess they did a lot of drugs. Well, 
it was LSD and they drank a lot. <laughs> and to save money, they actually slept in the label's office and then they would go over to the studio to record. <laughs> and Robert Smith actually thought like after this album, he wouldn't be making any more Cure albums after this, too. So this is a part of the Dark Trilogy. I don't know if you know much about the Dark Trilogy. I'll inform you right now. Yes, please. <laughs> the Dark Trilogy. This is the first one. And then when he turned 30, he released Disintegration. When he turned 40, he released Blood Flowers. This is definitely the darkest of the ones. <laughs> I always thought the Dark Trilogy was this one, Faith, and 17 Seconds, but I'm painfully wrong. That's <laughs> your Dark Trilogy. Yes, yes. I always heard of the Dark Trilogy before this, but maybe that was, I made it up in my own Who head. because named it that? Like, the cure? I guess they that. did. Okay. And at one point, I think they did do a... 25th anniversary of the starting of the Dark Trilogy and they did three shows and they played pornography in its entirety and then they did Disintegration and then Blood Flowers. To me, Disintegration and Blood Flowers isn't as dark as this, but you know, I didn't listen to the lyrics a lot, but Disintegration has like pictures of you and Love Song and a lot of hits for this is just pretty dark and bleak comparatively. What do you think of this album? Um, I thought it was good. I have to be honest. I couldn't, like, it's not an album I could, like, listen to all the way through. <laughs> and maybe that explains it. It sounds very Cure. So it's, like, that really good sound of yeah. the Cure, his voice and everything. But then sometimes, I don't know if it's noisy, but when I, when I listen carefully, I like certain sounds that are coming through because it feels very layered. Is that true? I don't know if I'm Okay, like, keep going. If that makes sense, like there's, yeah, I don't know if it's a short-term effect that has lots of different sounds going on. Oh, with his voice, the, yeah. And then with the instruments, and then by the end, there's like maybe a piano sound. Uh, I think that was a backwards uh, guitar. Something, whatever. It's just interesting. So some of it's really interesting, and then some of it's like, I'm like, Ugh, okay, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Well, short-term effect for me, that song, it's good, but whatever effect that they had on the voice, the reverb and delay, it's so overpowering. And there's like this high pitch frequency that kind of hurts your ears. It's almost like ringing. And so I can't listen to it like at very loud volumes unless I'm like wearing earplugs. Comparatively to the two previous albums, it's a little bit thinner sounding for me. Where the other ones definitely does sound different. You could hear all the instruments, but there's a lot of mid and high in this album. But then, yeah, definitely the themes of this album, too. What he's singing about, it's very, very dark. It's not my favorite album by them, but I felt like, oh, yeah, this is the Dark Trilogy, so I guess we should cover this one. <laughs> that was what I was going to ask. I answered a lot. <laughs> like, it's not necessarily your favorite, but no, it fits our goth theme. To start the Dark Trilogy, that's really cool. I thought that was neat to find out. What is your favorite songs on this one? Oh, wait, wait, hold on here. But during this time, he was also playing guitar for Susie and the Banshees. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. album of theirs came out oh. during this time? You know, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure. Okay, so after this, they did The Top, Japanese Whispers, 
and then it would go to Head on the Door, which are very, very different albums. They're really poppy and happy sounding. So this is the last of his real dark stuff. Although, I mean, I think Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me and Disintegration does have some dark songs in there. This is definitely like, okay, he's kind of getting it out, getting all this dark, gothy stuff out of him. I mean, he's a, he was in his 20s, so... Was this before they were touring like crazy or during? Right after. So they were like burned out. Oh, yeah, they're totally <laughs> burned like out. Burned so out. when you listen okay. to it, they sound completely burnt out. You know, they were just probably bickering at each other nonstop because no matter who you are or who you're around, how much you love them. If you're around them all day long in these kind of tense conditions and you're not family, or even if you're family, you're going to end up hating each other. <laughs> you need a break. Yeah, definitely. you need a break. You definitely need a break. You need space. Um, so at this same time, he was also playing with Susie? He was playing guitar for Susie and the Banshees, like probably right after, yeah. And wow. they toured together a lot, too. Okay, that's really neat information. Yeah, because I looked at the times, I was like, oh yeah, here he is playing guitar. And the thing is, I remember... At one point, here's the thing about Wikipedia, which is really funny, especially when it comes to the goth bands. It gets changed a lot. And The Cure is definitely one of them where the Wikipedia gets changed quite a bit because there was a point where maybe five years ago I was reading the Wikipedia and it was talking about how he didn't even know, like pretty much The Cure was just this weird side project for him, even though they were touring a lot because he had all these other things that he was doing at the same time. Playing guitar for Susie and the Banshees. And also, he released an album with one of the other members of Susie and the Banshees. It was called The Glove. It was something I've always wanted to hear. And it's pretty interesting sounding, but it's not dark. It's very like 80s pop, kind of New Order, Joy Division kind of sounds to it. It's definitely worth checking out. Anyway, okay, so let's go through your favorite songs. And. No, you go first. <laughs> no, you go. Because I didn't listen to it in a way where I picked out songs. I just oh, listened to okay. it in chunks while okay. I was like, working and stuff. And yeah. so I didn't claim um, I think it's called Cold. It's where he uses an upright bass and it has this really nice sound to it.
I think that's my favorite one. Yeah, I just like the dark stuff. <laughs> this is Figurehead. such a moody little bitch in this. It's so great. You just sound so pouty. <laughs> That's what I love about this era of Robert Smith. You get to see you could like see him pouted and oh okay, so I want to talk about too is what we saw him play over 10 years ago and it was yes. like it was so funny. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember yes. it. He comes out and he plays plain song. And that's where he's like, it's get feeling cold or getting cold or whatever. And this girl walks around and starts hugging everybody. I it's, don't remember that. Yeah, she hugged all of us. She like this was so happy. She was hugging people. <laughs> and it was like this kind of this magical moment. And then they were playing pictures of you and these two dude bro Chad figures got in a fight. Do you remember that part? Vaguely. I remember it vividly because they're right next to us why were they fighting you know just who knows they were drinking meatheads just yeah chads it it was just the irony of it all that it was during such a (laughs) touching song called pictures of you (laughs) where you know he's looking at these pictures and having all these memories and missing this person and then they were having a lover's quarrel. Well, next they were to having us. a fight, like a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, get the f out of here, you losers. Doesn't it make any sense? No, it doesn't. It does such a touching song, too. And like, you're going to just get this dude bro fight. How many times have you seen them? <sighs> um, three times. Okay. And they're always amazing. But I think the show that we saw. It was at that giant stadium, Pac Bell or AT&T Park or whatever it's called. Yeah. And that was probably the best time because they didn't do any of those medley things where they merged like 10 songs into one. <laughs> I hate that. I hate <laughs> that so much. And he did that the last couple Just times. Just choose one. Like, choose a song to play. Yeah, You can't yeah. please everybody. Too bad. Yeah, he didn't do that at all. So that's what was so cool. I felt like we were close. I don't know why. I feel like it was very close. Like, we were down there. Because it was on the field, it right? It was on the field. Yeah, yeah, we were pretty close, though. 
I remember having fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was really good. Whenever I see the cure, it's like all this emotion kind of comes out, like all these th- memories I have of these songs and everybody's singing along. And it's just like so, so touching. So let me explain it. And there's some songs that he sings and plays. I haven't even heard them yet. And I swear to God, I've gone through the whole entire catalog a couple times now. <laughs> Thanks to Spotify, by the way. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the glove, I mean, that was an import-only thing. And I thought the top was. I don't know why I never listened to the top. Now, would pornography be the first album I'd recommend for somebody? No. Absolutely not. But... I was thinking about the Cure's albums in general, and there's always like three or four songs that I, I kind of just love throughout. But for me, I'd probably start with Disintegration or Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, and then go into what I think is the Dark Trilogy. <laughs> Which is what again? Which would be 17 Seconds, Faith, and Pornography. But Three Imaginary Boys is such a good album, too. It's, oh God, it's godly. Because even though it's their first album and they're probably only like, you know, 16 or 17, you could kind of tell the direction that they're going to go. But I guess with 17 seconds, they got inspired by Joy Division. And so they went kind of more of a darker route. Even though Joy Division opened up for The Cure and they've been around just as long as Joy Division. Wow. Yeah. It does make me want to listen to some of the other albums again. Oh, Because it made me go, so oh, I don't, good. I'm not as cure savvy. Well, yeah, it's definitely something that you should put in your pantheon of music. Um, Takeshi did, because I own all his cure CDs. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. there's a lot. Yeah, there's, there's quite a, a few. <laughs> I don't think I ever bought Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. And I, that is such a good album. Maybe I'll I did. I'll verify. Yeah. I'll have to find him. <laughs> yeah, maybe I did, but I know there's a couple I need to put in that collection. <laughs> <laughs> Round it out. Yeah, yeah, totally. But this is definitely not the first album I'd have anybody listen to. It's kind of funny, too, because when you look at the most listened to songs on Spotify, it's always just like the really happy stuff. Yeah, which ones? What <laughs> are their Friday, top ones? I'm in Love, Boys Don't Cry. Just Like Heaven, Close to Me, Love Song, and A Forest. I mean, it's none of the dark, moody stuff that I love, but I just like that era of him. I don't know. It's good. People should listen to this. They can listen to a couple of those hit songs if they want first, but (laughs) if they haven't you know, explored the catalog, this sounds like a good one to check out. Yeah, anybody should... Go into it. I think when I played with the half people, we played at least two songs on this album. Yeah. Or was one on here and then one on Faith. Yeah. So, and like I said, Simon Gallup is like one of my most favorite bass players ever. And it's probably because of these first four albums. It's like simple, but it's, it's just being in the pocket. He's the one who left for a minute and then came back? Yeah. Yeah. He came back. Did he do other side projects when he was gone that you liked? His other stuff I wasn't really into. No, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want him back in the cure. That's all I care about. Yeah, like, that's where you're perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was in 
a couple other things. One was Lockjaw, the magazine, Spies, and Fool's Dance. But he's known for the cure. And then Robert Smith is not like the Sisters of Mercy where... <laughs> no, he, <laughs> like, he's still coming out with stuff. I mean, but also like not like running through band members. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they run through band members, definitely. <laughs> but the Cure did? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure like if they were more tight-knit, like ran together. Well, longer. okay, so Simon is probably his longest-lasting band member, but Lowell, which is L-O-L, one of his closest childhood friends who started the cure with him. And he left, I think during Wish at least, or somewhere along that line. But they always go through guitarists and drummers and keyboardists. And it's, yeah, it's a pretty long list. Okay. <laughs> but is it because he's got lawsuits and things, or is it more on the front? Of like, if I remember, he went through one lawsuit over rights of a song, but. Even they kind of reconned that and fixed it. Well, he seems friendlier. He's a friendlier um, (laughs) persona. Well, that's the thing. I guess to be goth, too, you got to be a moody bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You mean in touch with your emotions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Okay, okay, yes. You got to be in touch with your emotions. Yes, you do. But it doesn't sound as much of a whatever was going on with Sisters of Mercy. It doesn't sound as bad. Because just all. because you go through a lot of musicians doesn't mean you're unpleasant. Because understanding musicians are young, there's lots of different projects to be part of, yeah. touring schedules, etc. There's <laughs> different stuff. Right. I was just curious. He's been with the same girl since high school, too. They met in drama oh. club. Oh, they met in drama club, but that is goth. <laughs> They're right. So cute. <laughs> yeah, it's adorable. And the funniest thing is, is when they got married, he still wore his little high tops. Oh, Even though he wore like a suit and everything, he still wore his high tops. Cute. <laughs> yes, it's adorable. That is cute. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can't say much else about The Cure. I mean, I could talk about it forever, but then those to be random facts I know about The Cure. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. And I I don't want to bore people to death about my Cure knowledge. (laughs) Like, Cure Facts 101. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, The Cure and Jimi Hendrix. I know endless information about them. We have to get you on, like, a trivia show where you can win money about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I mean, I have to quiz you. Like, I might have to quiz you at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm going to see how much you know. Yeah. All right. Well, check it out, and we'll see you next week. Oh, that's right. And you could like me uh, on Facebook at Glitch Unicorn or any of the other social medias. Just find me as Santos. And you can find me as Sister Santos on Instagram. All right. See you next week. <laughs>